On today's episode of Video Marketing Madness, we have a very special guest, Mike Sear from Virtual Railfan. And if you want to get out and shoot videos like rail fanning videos, well, what do you need? You need a lot of great equipment. And who provides that great equipment? It's our good friends over at Movo. Whether you need to have a microphone, a stand, a light, or pretty much anything else, head on over to racelinks.com slash Movo and see all the great video tools they have available for you right now. And with that, Let's hit the music. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise and has so much knowledge that you need. His YouTube ninja tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. It's the radio show about video, video marketing madness with Ray, the video guy, and I'm Steve Sleeper. Hey, check out my YouTube channel, Steve Sleeper Trains. Steve Sleeper Trains. It's apropos that we have Mike Sear from, uh, he's the CEO of Virtual Rail Fan. And, uh, well, first of all, hi, Mike. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Good to have, thanks for having me. And, and Virtual Rail Fan, it's a way to rail fan from the comfort of your easy chair. Uh, so, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Virtual Rail Fan. And, and I read it, oh, just b- before you answer that question, I read a story on the Union Pacific blog where it talks about how you and your partner started up Virtual Rail Fan. So take us through that whole thing, if you don't mind. Uh, well, it, it actually started about, uh, oh, I don't know, about 12 years ago. Um, uh, my business partner and I, Justin Cornell, uh, loved to rail fan in a little town in uh, South Georgia called Folkestone. Uh, and Folkestone was uh, one of the players early to the game where the city saw the, you know, the importance of uh, rail fanning tourism. And they went ahead and had a, a platform built for rail fans chairs, you know, Wi-Fi fans, uh, and a, you know, nice covered platform right on the, uh, the main line between Waycross and, and Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, that was a place that we always loved to go and watch trains. And it was, it was funny one night we were, you know, hanging out on the, on the platform and, the, and these two gentlemen in front of us, uh, you know, one said to the other, he said, you know, Hey, you know, it'd be great if there was, you know, one of those webcams here where we could watch trains from home. Uh, and, and that, I think, was kind of the point where the proverbial light bulb went off in my head. And uh, I said to Justin, I said, hey, you know, we can do that, right? Uh, and, uh, of course, back then, uh, you know, live streaming video wasn't nearly what it was uh, today. It was, you know, basically infancy. And uh, so after some, you know, some discussion, we decided to uh, to have a go at it and approach the uh, city of Folkestone with our idea that, we'd, you know, we'd put a live webcam up, we'd stream it out to the world, uh, would advertise the local business and, and, and bring folks, you know, to Folkestone. And uh, so we set up a meeting with the city, uh, went up there, you know, pitched our idea, and the city of Folkestone told us to go home. They said there would not be a webcam and there certainly would not be any advertising of, of local business. And uh, at the time, uh, <laughs> we that's that's when we, we met Dixie McGurn. And she stood up at the end of the meeting and came over to us and said, you know, do you all want to put up a, a train camera? I said, yeah. And so, you know, we kind of told her what, what we wanted to do. And she's like, well, I own a building here on Main Street and you put that webcam on my roof. 
when do you want to get started? And uh, so within a couple of weeks, we uh, we spent a whole ton of money on, uh, you know, the best camera that we could find. I think at that time it was an IQI camera. So it was a couple thousand bucks. And, uh, yeah, so we put the camera on the roof of uh, Dixie's uh, building, which was at the time a framing and shop. And, like, you know, they did sandwiches and uh, touristy, you know, gifts and stuff. And uh, so that kind of that was the kickoff of that. And, of course, you know, Justin and I kind of talked about and have this network that we could, you know, watch trains from anywhere. Uh, but but at the time, we were operating a business that was uh, building 3D content for a train simulator. And it was, you know, very popular. So it, it took off. We didn't really have a whole lot of time for the uh, for the train cameras. And along comes a, a longtime viewer at the time, Mike Kippins, and he approached us and said, uh, Hey, I thought you guys were going to put train cameras up all over the country. You know, when are you going to do that? I said, well, we don't really have the time right now uh, to do that because we've got another business that, you know, needs our attention. And so uh, Mike Tiffin said, well, listen, I'm an airline pilot. I can get around relatively easy. You know, would you guys want to have a serious go at this? And I said, well, you know, at the moment, it's basically bleeding lots of money, Um, you know, because we didn't have a website. It was basically just stuck on a a, a dot-com name. And, uh, you know, the camera was free to the public, and we were basically going off uh, donations. And, you know, we'd get a few donations, but not nearly enough to offset the the massive costs that we had incurred, uh, you know, getting into this. So uh, Mike Tippins, uh, we went and met him, uh, you know, told him where we were at and what was going on. And he said, well, you know, let's let's have a go at it. We'll, We'll put some new cameras here in Folkestone. And uh, start here, and, and we'll go from there. And so we agreed. Uh, we met him in Plant City, Florida, at the at the newly constructed uh, train platform they built there. And uh, yeah, basically signed uh, signed papers and, and started Virtual Railfan as uh, as its own company um, right there on the spot. So you know, shortly after that, I think we added uh, I think it was Tower Fifty Five in Fort Worth was the second camera, and I think that was followed by uh, Thomasville, uh, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, at that point, um, we didn't really have time to, to build a website. So we decided to hire somebody. We looked around, found some guy, paid him, I don't know, I think it was about 3000 maybe 3500 bucks to build us a website. And he basically took our money and ran. So I ended up, we, we ended up having to build a website ourselves. Um, so, you know, uh, we got the website up Classic. and running. And, you know, at this point, we had a couple of cameras. So... Uh, we decided to, you know, start charging a, a, a nominal uh, fee to, to watch. And um, so that, that's kind of how the, the site and, and the company itself was launched. And uh, it really wasn't until May of uh, 2017 there was an update uh, to our media server that we were using at the time. And that update allowed us to push out the stream not only to our website, but it allowed us to stream live to Facebook and to YouTube. Uh, and YouTube was something I was I was pretty interested in. Um, you know, I created a channel just as a uh, you know basically a placeholder. And uh, once we, you know, it, it's kind of funny because Justin's a night owl, um, so he's not. An early, I'm an early riser. Justin is not. He stays up late. I go to bed early. So it was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. I, I think I called Justin at about seven fifteen in the morning, and, and to say that he was less than impressed would be an understatement. Um, but I promised him if, if he just did this update and got me on YouTube that I would leave him alone for the rest of the weekend, which I think I did. Um, 
But right away, uh, one of the first cameras that we launched uh, on YouTube, uh, I think we were kind of going back and forth between La Plata and Ashland, Virginia. And, uh, you know, right away, there's, there's, you know, because YouTube shows you how many people are watching it. Right away, it was, you know, it was 20 and it was 25 and so I'm thinking, wow, you know, imagine, imagine getting 100 people to watch. And uh, so, you know, within a couple of days, you know, it just kept climbing. And uh, so we were all anticipating that mark that we hit when there was 100 concurrent viewers at once. And we hit it and, you know, big celebration. Um, and so that was really what kind of kicked it off. You know, while we're waiting around for those first 100 viewers to, to watch at the same time, uh, I kind of look back at it and laugh now because, uh, you know, this past month we, you know, we average right now uh, roughly about 12 million viewers a month from about 220 different countries around the world. And is that YouTube? That's just the YouTube channel, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 pretty amazing. And, and I, I do see the live videos on YouTube, and I, I think there's, what, like a small fee to be in the chat room uh, on the YouTube videos. Is that how that works? No, uh, the YouTube side is is uh, is primarily free. You you can sign up for uh, like a paid YouTube membership, but that's that basically gives you uh, access to like you know some extra things that the you know the the public doesn't necessarily get. Oh, okay. So so a typical YouTube membership. Okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it highlights your name in a different color and gives you a, a different colored icon based on how long you've been a member. Uh, just to let the other folks know that hey, you know. Uh, we love this channel and we, we actually financially support it. Uh, and you know, our members are great. They, uh, the finest group of folks I think I've ever met. I've done a lot of events around the country and it's always a pleasure to meet people from literally all over the world. Uh, many friendships have been formed. Um, in fact, I just uh, was hanging out with a couple, uh, last weekend in La Plata. Uh, they actually met on our chat. Um, he lived in Virginia and she lived in California. <laughs> They met in person. Uh, the next year, they met in person at, at one of our events. And then the year after that, they're getting married. Um, so <laughs> while we've probably been responsible for a couple of divorces, uh, this is the first time that we've had, uh, <laughs> that, that we've had a, a wedding uh, as a result of, you know, the community that's been formed. And it's really fantastic. It, it, it constantly blows my mind on a daily, daily basis. Well, speaking of divorces, and actually it's just the opposite. My wife, she just ignores me, but I, I've got the uh, – uh, the website uh, membership, and uh, so uh, I've, I've, I call it the uh, the Brady Bunch boxes. I've got nine boxes, you know, and I project it up on my TV using Chromecast, and I'm watching nine different locations at one time, which is uh, it, it's it's <laughs> I'm addicted to it. You know, it sounds like it'd be like watching paint uh, dry, but I've seen the setup; it's quite scary. Yeah, yeah, I, I put yeah. Ray, Ray and I are friends on Facebook. I'm always taking pictures of it and putting it on there, and uh, and and then you know, like for instance, I'll uh, I'll see a, a BNSF train with an executive scheme uh, locomotive, and and so I'll turn to my wife and say, "Look at that executive scheme," and she doesn't even look up. And she says, "Yes, dear." The the the, the website is a bl- it's virtualrailfan.com, isn't it? Yes, correct. Yep. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you're into rail fanning, you can go over there. Uh, there, there there's a bunch of things on it. You can see what events and stuff are, are there. But uh, 99% of the time when I'm on it, I'm going to my dashboard and, and watching uh, watching all those trains. And uh, But you, you, you can also uh, watch the live streams on YouTube as well and, and help support it by taking out uh, a membership. So h- how many... Uh, locations do you have now i think right now we're sitting at 54 as of today might be 55 so we're in 28 states uh sitting right at about 104 cameras i think is the the current number um but that those numbers never stay the same you know we've we've got two installations scheduled now um another one here in tennessee and then uh, alabama coming up probably in the next couple of weeks and we're always you know, we're always looking for new locations, uh, whether it's, you know, them finding us or us reaching out to them. Uh, there's, there's plenty of space left this year. We're kind of, kind of trying to make a, a westward push. We've got the, the East coast and Midwest covered pretty well. Uh, and you know, several spots on the West coast, but we have this void in the, in the middle part of the, you know, Western part of the country that we're, we're really trying to kind of make a push for now. And it's, yeah. uh, I saw, I saw Wyoming in populated areas. Yeah, I saw Laramie, Wyoming is is topping one of the lists for uh, new camera. I don't know if you ever hit that one or not, but uh, I did see that one was getting the votes for give us a camera. Oh, yeah, uh, Laramie. We installed the camera Laramie uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and it's on the historic Laramie Depot. Um, oh, really? Great footage <laughs> there. Um, and, and, in fact, that's kind of a, that's a spot um, that, that's uh, somewhat unique to our, our network. Uh, we've never had a train camera hit by a train except for Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, I think it was last year, the year before, there was a, oh, you wow. know, 55, 60 mile an hour freight train coming east. And, uh, I don't know, probably about 30 cars deep into the contest, there was a, a couple of, uh, hoppers, open top hoppers that were tarped and the tarp had come loose. And so, uh, there's two cameras there. There's a pan tilt zoom oh, or a boy. PTZ camera. And uh, there's also a static camera, and the static cameras are the ones that are just fixed; they don't move. And so on the on the static camera, you could see this coming. You could see the tarp, you know, swinging out, and there was probably close to 50, 60 mile an hour winds that day. So it was blowing to the side of the train, and it come loose, and it hit the pole in uh, our camera, our PTZ, and it sheared the PTZ clear off the, the mount. And, and it's a steel mount, so it's. You know, you can tell, obviously, it took some force to do that. And, uh, you know, apparently a 55-mile-an-hour freight train is enough force to do it. So uh, it, it came by. The tarp caught the camera. And the camera stayed live in the air for about a second or two before the cable came unplugged. But they finally found the camera about 75 to 100 feet north of where it was permanently mounted. Wow. Uh, it, it had come, it, you know, it flown off and, uh, about three tracks over, they found it and, uh, brought it back. Our, our static camera survived and caught the incident. You know, you could see it when it hit the pole and, you know, it certainly moved that pole quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, they, they found the camera and, and mailed it back to us and it was relatively in one piece. Uh, <laughs> it just had a lot of stuff rattling around inside that obviously, uh, you know, shouldn't be rattling around. Yeah. Wyoming's a really big railroad state. Big boy is there. No, that was, uh, Laramie was one of the first, uh, spots after, you know, Union Pacific announced that they were going to restore and run a big boy. 
uh, that was the first camera that uh, ours caught, uh, the big boy. And it was, it was kind of, uh, well, it was, it was great. We had, I think we had over 8,000 people watching live at the time. And, of course, the camera, you know, wow. behaved perfectly all day. Uh, and then you see the headlight of the big boy come around. Everybody's excited. And the camera started to spin. And I almost had a stroke. Luckily, it only lasted for about a half a second, and then it was back to normal and, and never had an issue after that. But of all the times to have that issue, it was right then. But, it, you know, we were fortunate it didn't affect anything. But, uh, yeah, I had over 8,000 uh, people watching at once uh, for the arrival of the big boy in the Laramie. That rivals uh, CNN these days. We actually do better than uh, CNN and MSNBC in several demographics on a regular basis. So, uh, uh, no surprise here, but, but I'm actually uh, – as much or more fascinated by the channel itself as I am the, the content of the channel. And uh, what I love about this is you're doing a lot of the stuff that we talk about in here. You have on your channel all these live streams, and quite literally right now there are thousands of people, because I'm sitting here doing math, and uh, there are thousands of people watching your live videos from across the country right now, which is great. But I also see like some of your videos. I mean, we're talking – uh, for those listening, we're talking about videos, some of these, you know, 2.1 million, 2.9 million, 2.3 million, 1.3 million, 1.8 million. So you're getting a lot of views on this. And I was blown away by this because I was not aware until Steve started talking about it, about this particular hobby. And man, oh, man, I, I'm just blown away by how many people are watching these things. So tell me a little bit about your your YouTube strategies as far as getting traffic, how you're monetizing it, and things like that? Well, I can tell you it still amazes me every day. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think every every 48 hours we average about uh, three-quarters of a million viewers every 48 hours uh, that are that are watching. Nice. Um, uh, we're quickly approaching 370,000 subscribers to the channel. Um, and on, on a regular basis, like I said earlier, we average about 12 million views a month from all over the world uh and it's just uh it's wild uh you you know you put it up put the cameras up and, and people come and uh they come to watch but uh what we quickly discovered early on is you know these cameras have a major economic impact to the cities that we're in uh so we we tend to you know try to uh partner up with museums uh you know towns cities municipalities folks that would benefit from foot traffic and uh, we quickly learned that, you know, half of what we do is watch trains, but the other half of what we do is, is uh, you know, we're ambassadors for the locations that we're in. So when a, when a camera goes up, um, it doesn't take long. In fact, I've been on uh, installations, you know, with Justin, and we're still doing the installation, and people are already showing up uh, to the spot before the camera's even live. You know, one, one of our stories, and it's amazing, uh, Fort Madison, Iowa. Uh, we had been working with the city to uh, put a camera up in Fort Madison, and we ran into some issues with, you know, getting Internet uh, at the time under the, under the railroad to the other side, and it just it, it wasn't quite working out. So uh, we were approached by the Kingsley Inn, and the owners went ahead and funded the, you know, funded the cameras, and they asked their manager, uh, Shai Easton, they said, uh, you know, we'd like to see – I think it was like 32 room nights sold over the next two years to cover the cost of the investment of the cameras. And we did that, I think it was 12 days. Um, wow. So they, you know, they, they had a very low occupancy rate uh, prior to uh, the installation of the cameras. I think it was down in the 20s. 
And now it's well into the 80s and 90s, and there's literally people every day either calling, uh, staying, walking in. So it's it's astonishing the, the you know the economic impacts of these cameras because our viewers you know they they love to travel, um, and we've got tons and tons of viewers that go on these road trips and vacations and. You know, most people going to the national parks or going to Disneyland, and our folks are hopping in the car and going to virtual rail fan locations to wave at the cameras. And you know, of course, when they're in town, they're they're eating, they're shopping, they're staying in local hotels, they're supporting local business, uh, and spending their money in the towns uh, that that we're in. Tell us a little bit about uh, the the types of uh, cameras that you use. So the the entire network is composed of uh, Axis. Uh, Axis is a brand of cameras. They're uh, yeah. they're quite expensive, which uh, you know that's obviously not so great for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know the famous saying, "You get what you pay for." You really do. Uh, they're bulletproof. You know, very rarely do we have a, a camera problem. Usually, it's uh, internet issues or you know things like that. The cameras are relatively relatively bulletproof, and uh, really yeah. the only reason we take them down is. Uh, Axis is pretty good about keeping up with technology and coming out with, uh, you know, new models and 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 whatnot. So we we tend to uh, we you know tend to stay up on that. And uh, usually when Axis comes out with a new model or a new camera, it's, it's not something small. It's usually something major and and well worth the investment. So yeah, it's it's the entire network right now. All hundred and I think hundred and four cameras are all Axis products. Yeah, we we use uh, some Axis cameras as well. So. Very, very good cameras. How do you maintain them? Do you have somebody locally that, if a camera goes down, uh, can go out and or go out and fix it, or what do you do? Yeah, you know, uh, well, before it wasn't that easy. It was usually one of us, you know, getting on a plane or, or hopping in the car and driving out to wherever. Uh, but now that we've grown and the community's grown, we've we've identified folks kind of regionally that can kind of help out. Uh, so we got a great team of those folks. Uh, you know, we've got one of our moderators, uh, John, that, that uh, he, he loves to travel. And while he's traveling, he's got his ladder and his cleaning kit. And he uh, he just kind of hops around the country and cleans cameras. That's really <laughs> the only maintenance uh, that's that's required. You know, unless something happens, you know, um, you know, a lightning strike or something like that. Um, generally, they're pretty much maintenance-free other than, you know, cleaning the glass. Pretty much maintenance-free. So we're fortunate there. So all you need there at the location is a high-speed connection and the camera, is that it? Yeah, uh, you know, you need a, you need, uh, we need power, um, standard 110 power. And uh, usually, you know, just to be safe, usually 10 megabits a second on the upload side uh, would be sufficient for either two static cameras or one pan-tilt zoom camera. Um, and in some locations where we're fortunate, we can get fiber. So we have way more than we need. And, and of course we can kind of up the quality a little bit, uh, other locations, uh, you know, the internet costs are absolutely enormous, you know, three, $400 a month to get these connections in and the smaller, you know, some smaller towns. Um, but yeah, basically just power and internet connection and a, and a good view. And of course, drink. I think I read something about uh, you got creative in Norwalk, Connecticut, to get a, a internet connection. <laughs> that's kind of a that's kind of an interesting uh, story. The the Sono Switch Tower and Museum in South Norwalk. Um, uh, you know, we had uh, gotten in touch with those folks, and and they were pretty excited to have a camera. So, I, of course, one of the first things they started to do is, you know, you look for internet services in town. 
And so I called the local internet service provider that would be the one in that area. And I, I told them, listen, I need a connection at this building. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't have an internet connection. And they said, well, uh, you know, we don't have services there yet. Let, let me get a hold of the construction team and we'll call you back. And as soon as they said construction team, I'm going, well, I think this is going to be uh, a doozy. And about three days later, they called me back and they said, yep, we can bring service in. No problem. When do you want to schedule it? And I said, well, let's bump the brakes a little bit. I said, how much, uh, how much are we looking at? And they said, well, to get it from the street under the sidewalk to the tower. Now, you're only talking maybe 40 feet at best. And the bill was going to be just over fifty three thousand uh, dollars to get yep. the connection hours. So uh, once I got back up off the floor and put myself back in the chair, um, we, we we had to get creative. So uh, we ended up finding a lady that had an apartment next to the tower, and uh, she agreed to let us uh, put an internet connection in her apartment. So instead of fifty three thousand. Uh, for $53 a month, uh, we were able to beam the signal wirelessly over to the window of the tower, and that's how that's how that particular location is operated. Nice. When it comes to the channel itself, and uh, I don't like to talk dollars and cents type of deals, but um, we do – more recently, we've talked more about monetizing the channel through YouTube itself. And in the past, we didn't really do a lot of that. We did a lot more sponsorships and dealing with other, you know, selling products and things like that with our YouTube channels. But now that YouTube kind of forces commercials and, and, and whatnot onto every video, um, we've started to really utilize that. Now, with your types of numbers, I, I would assume that you're, you're doing significantly well in the ad market. Um, and again, I don't want numbers or anything like that, but uh, for everybody watching that has wondered, gee, should I bother monetizing my channel? Could you let us know a little bit about is that worth it to get that monetized? The second that you have the opportunity and meet the criteria, <laughs> turn that monetization button on. Um, that's been huge for us, just the simple fact that it's allowed it's allowed us to expand uh, much quicker than, you know, we, I think we tr- traditionally would have. And it, it, you know, it's extremely expensive. I I think we're probably, you know, close to 25,000 a month, uh, just to keep the cameras, you know, just in bandwidth for these cameras. Sure. And of course, every time you add another camera, you know, you just, your costs go up, whether it's the internet or the, you know, the band, the streaming costs. And, you know, it's gotten a lot more complicated. So, you know, we've had to, you know, bring in, you know, more servers and, and different ways to stream and content distribution networks and, and all that stuff. But uh, absolutely monetize your channel because, uh, you know, it'll allow you to it'll allow you to grow uh, relatively quickly, quickly. And especially if you have a, a channel where, you know, you've got a large following, uh, it can be it can be very lucrative. The thing that I watch the most on YouTube is the daily grab bag. I'm just amazed by that, that you all are able to, I mean, you're running these cameras 24-7, and you got a 100 of them, and you're able to pull these things out and make a grab bag out of it. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's typically uh, uh, maybe a, a, a... a, a locomotive with an unusual scheme or, uh, you know, a two-way where two trains are going by. So, you know, some, something unusual to look at. How, how do you guys do that? You're never going to believe this. It's a one-man show. Uh, we have one full-time guy that strictly does the grab bags, uh, and his name is Joe Paletta, a great guy. 
Uh, I can't believe he still talks to us. I, I picture Joe locked in this dark, you know, seven days a week, 20 hours a day, just churning out these grab bags. <laughs> and he's got he's got quite a knack for it. Uh, he does an absolutely fabulous job. And, uh, yeah, that's that's strictly what Joe does. Is Joe just does grab bags after grab bags. He loves to do it. And, of course, he's got a massive fan base. Everybody, you know, you talk to or you meet. Uh, that everybody always says, you know, has a comment or, or something about the grab bags. And they, uh, you know, he, he just kind of started this up a couple of years ago and it, it quickly, uh, you know, kind of like virtual rail fan, just quickly grew, grew out of control. I get a huge kick out of it. Probably the, one of the toughest challenges with this entire thing is not putting up cameras on, you know, rooftops and in snow and rain and everything else. It's, uh, it's maintaining a, a, a family friendly environment in our live chat room. So, uh, what I like to refer to is the the Blue Army. Uh, we've got a team of over a hundred moderators that also uh, double as uh, camera operators that that keep the peace. And uh, like I said, there's I wish I could name them all right now, but there's there's over a hundred of them. The Army of Blue that keeps the peace. They they do an absolutely fabulous job uh, day in and day out. Uh, you know, making sure that it's it's family friendly because of course you know with trains comes kids and. Uh, you know, we want parents to uh, feel safe letting their kids come on the channel and and uh, and watch. And so to do that, you know, you've got to got to keep it family friendly because the, the internet is uh, not always uh, a family friendly place. Talking about the grab bag, tell me about you know because the grab bag is always showing something that rail fans are thrilled to catch. Tell me about Waka Waka. Joe loves to insert uh, comedy, uh, you know, throughout the grab bag, you know, just kind of keep it light and, and entertaining. So I think that particular one was based on a, uh, like a, a coal hopper uh, that had like a Pac-Man graffiti on it. And so he, he dubbed over the, the Pac-Man uh, sound. Uh, that, that's what that is, the Pac-Man sound effect. And then there's another one that's quite popular is the Boeing, the Boeing sound effect. So whether it's, you know, a gate coming down on a car, you know, a car driving onto the tracks. And, of course, you know, as long as there's no injuries or anything like that, because, you know, we're not going to show uh, physical injury or, or any of the, the down, dark side of what we do. Uh, you know, it's not fit for family consumption. You know, but the, the, the lighter stuff where, you know, a vehicle ends up on the tracks or pulls too far and the gate comes down on the roof, uh, that gets in the grab bag and that gets a boing sound effect. So, so usually on those videos, you know, it'll be in the title somewhere on the on the uh, thumbnail that, you know, there's, you know, Boeing's included in this uh, particular grab bag. Our thanks to Mike Sear, CEO of Virtual Rail Fan, for being on Video Marketing Madness today. You can check out Virtual Rail Fan on their YouTube channel or at virtualrailfan.com. And today's episode made possible by Movo. Get great microphone stands and lights for your videos at raiselinks.com slash Movo. And as always, let's wrap it up with the music. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise. Has so much knowledge that you need. YouTube Ninja Tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy, yeah, Ray the Video Guy.